Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Monday, January 30. Let's see, one more day of January tomorrow, and then the first is Wednesday. So these are amazing times. I'm very optimistic. I know Johnny is too. We'll talk about that in a few moments. So I got the grandkids. We have the grandkids for seven days. And so we're trying to figure out each day. So Doreen took uh, the two the two granddaughters that we have today, which she has all week. And then my other daughter and her two sons are coming also for a couple of days. So we'll have four, four of the five grandchildren um, all week long here, or, or most of this week, um, half this week maybe for all four of them. And uh, so they're trying to figure out things to do because, as you know, grandkids can be pretty loud and this is not a separate room this is right out in the middle of my dining room which is where we started and it's just fun doing it here so um anyway that's what's going on and uh, but all is well maybe extra prayers for doreen because uh she's got a lot going i can try to help wherever i can but uh, we did we did some fun things together and they're out going to the carousel and uh, we're going to try to go to a uh a dairy farm to watch the cows be milked and all that sort of a field trip. Uh, but uh, I guess something went wrong on the end of, I can't remember what it was. Something happened that they couldn't go. So they just kind of changed it all up at the last minute. But anyway, that was more than you asked for or wanted to know, but thought I would tell you that. So uh, let's see what else do I want to do? Tomorrow is Kim Robinson. Uh, she always has information, revelation about heaven. She's, She's just as much fun to me as as Kat is because she's always got new stories about God, how God reveals Himself. Uh, Kim calls him um, Kim Robinson calls calls him Daddy God, and she'll say, "Well, Daddy God said this." And you know, I usually I'll hear someone will say Abba or Dad or Bob Jones called him Papa, and I I experiment with different names. I call him Papa sometimes, or sometimes Father still fits best for me, and then other times I'll. I'll, I'll almost feel like my grandkids call me Poppy. And I, sometimes I almost feel like, ah, I could just almost tap in if I call Father Poppy. I'm t- talking to tap into the daddy side, the dad side, you know. So he has many, many, many names. As you know, there's whole calendars that have all the different names of God. So um, it's fun to, to talk about that. All right, well, we're going to bring um, Johnny Enlow on in just a moment. But first, a quick reminder of the wonderful wells you're helping us to drill so here we go and over the weekend i received some photos of the well that we dug uh we used a different ministry to help it get it done so the wells look a little differently and they look not quite as um what would you say not it's a hand pump as well but uh maybe it's a little less professional looking but i assure you that the clean water is just as miraculous in Nepal, which is where I'm going to show you maybe as early as tomorrow, if I can get the pictures to her and we'll show you those photos of the wells that we're digging there. We, uh, so you'll, you'll enjoy seeing that. The, the reason it's so important in this location in Nepal is because this is the location where the believers are able to gather in a certain part of uh, Nepal. I don't know the geography really there, but uh, once they converted to Christianity, they were cut off from the Muslim water supply and not allowed to use the wells. So us digging wells there uh, now is literally life-giving to them because they're, they're otherwise they'd be 
you know, they're relegated to try and find some runoff water, some dirty water that the animals also use and all that. So I'll show you some of that tomorrow if I can do it. All right, time to bring in Johnny Endo Unfiltered. So here we go. 1349 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Johnny Enlow, unfiltered. Are you going to be unfiltered today? I'm going to be unfiltered today. I, I like the name. I don't know if we're unfiltered, but we do say more things on uh, from you than maybe someone else would get away with. But we kind of do that on Elijah streams, don't we? The whole thing could be could be called unfiltered, I think, sometimes. Well, I think so. It's uh, It was a bigger deal, I think, when we started it around a year ago. Because yeah hard to get anything unfiltered out there, but now we're used to enough people. Yeah. yeah. Between truth social and rumble and several other things yeah. and Twitter, uh, you know, things, un things are getting unfiltered all over the place. Is it? That's thing. really, yeah, really good stuff. So a uh, lot's happening out there, but we wanted to, we, we, we got somehow we got the address wrong or the, the link wrong for the Israel tri trip. So we wanted to put it back up right now. And talk about the Israel trip, and and there it is, right below. That's you'd have to type that out. You can't click on it; you have to type it out. So, all right, I think this link was not the incorrect one. It was on the Rise tour, but we'll still tell about both real quick. Oh, okay, which so the Rise this tour? Oh, okay, okay. Well, what, as long as you got correct. them both, then yeah. Well, from what I understand, this is correct. <laughs> I'll find out from the team shortly. But this one was never wrong. The, okay, is right. And from what I understand, we only have. Um, just a few, I don't know, 15 or, or so slots, uh, 15, maybe 20 max slots left. And uh, what Elizabeth also wanted me to uh, announce on that is if there's anybody, we have some, uh, a handful of young people that just wouldn't be able to, and won't be able to make, you know, around, around $4,000 uh, payment. And if there is um, anyone who would feel to donate towards that, it just don't don't do the uh, don't go online and do uh, share you know you're giving in that way like people normally do email you know contact at restore7.org so it would be contact at restore7.org I'll say it one more time contact at restore7.org and that is you know we're hoping like somebody who's you know among all those that follow us for those of you who really have capability so we're saying like in the thousands so somebody who's got if we had 20 or thirty thousand dollars that we could begin to push towards some of these that will not make it apart from that we would we would love that and so uh we're just telling telling that part and then um we got some good responses from the rise tour and that's that second um Very yeah new one, so what we have there we were calling him um sign up options that we didn't uh, applications but really it's we want to go to the if this is a 50 state tour that we're doing beginning in june and we're going to pick a place for every state and we're looking to go kind of where the love is and so we want to uh you know be invited and and see if that works first and so we we expect there's going to be anywhere from a few to a lot of of those who would like us to be at, at states and so there's some basic guidelines on there of what size we would want and it's it's real real simple um all, all the the guidelines there 
but we want to hear from um, those of you. It doesn't have to be a church. We'd love for it to be a church. It's an ideal place, and we could I could speak there on on Sunday as well. The event will be on Saturdays, and we'll do. We're just going to do uh, one weekend essentially per month for each one of these states. It's going to take us over four years uh, to do all this. Wow. All that is, information is there, and actually, we're going to be putting up real soon. Um, some sort of registration, not because there's a charge to it, but we got to have an idea per state, um, you know, how big a, we don't want to be getting a place for 500 and find out there's 2000 coming or uh, conversely the other way, get a place for 500 and find out 50 are coming. And so we want to have an idea based on that, but we'll, we'll do follow up and it'll, it'll be on that link. They may have already put it up to restore7.org slash rise USA tour. Yeah, we are really good. looking forward to this. It's going to be, it's going to be great. And All right. All yeah. right. Well, you've got some stuff and I won't, I won't give any hints, but I know kind of where you're going on a couple of things. So let me just turn it over to you today. It's going to be fun. Oh man. I have so much exciting stuff. It just, um, the way the Lord hides information. If nobody else enjoys it, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy sharing it. And yeah. I know there's at least some of you that do as well. But how the Lord hides his messaging and gets his narrative out there. You know, the scriptures say that if we don't give him the proper praise, if we don't really tell, we don't share his narratives, what I'll say, the rocks will cry out. So I, I, I've shared that at different times that, you know, it comes out in horse racing and, and, and important races and important games, important sports events. And so we, we've covered that throughout. And there is a consistent narrative that he gets out. And actually, the first one, Steve, is one you put me on to uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, I wouldn't have known about it. Uh, it. It was a Pegasus. I think it was called the Pegasus World. World Cup, I think. World Pegasus World Cup of horse racing. Yeah. So it was a big one. It wasn't Kentucky Derby, but it was still a big one. And, um, and so uh, this one doesn't really take much um discernment prophetic uh <laughs> you know skill to unravel so the horse that lost it's more about the horse that lost the horse that lost the name of the horse and yes you're going to hear it right here the name of the horse is riding with biden <laughs> and um as in b-i-d -E. when you say lost you mean in last place of, of, the, of the pack he was the last horse and I mean, it wasn't a small field. He was number 12 of 12. He was last. And 12 is the number of government as well, like in case we hadn't figured that one out. So riding with Biden is a losing proposition. Interestingly, <laughs> I don't know why they would name it. It's funny, the comments when I went to look it up is like, who thought that was a good name to put on a horse? Like, did he just walk off and not know where he was going? It was all kinds of follow-up <laughs> jokes. Um, oh, that would have been hilarious. He's, he's, that's funny. <laughs> he doesn't know where he is. Let's call him. <laughs> interesting. That's hilarious. It, yeah, it puts a note under there. He's sired by Constitution, by a horse named Constitution. And whoever thought that that was a good combination, that if sired by Constitution, you think that, Biden is pro-constitution. It's uh, maybe, you know, the, the uh, it came out of there. He was the trampler of the constitution. Yeah. So he trampled the constitution. And, and so riding with Biden is the last. That's again, how, how do you, how does, I don't know how God pulls this stuff off. It's just amazing. And Steve, when we talked about it briefly, the owner, the owner of riding with Biden is an LLC called cash is King. Oh, wow. Uh, like 
with all that's coming out about Hunter and and Biden and how they've been paid off and paid off yeah. by the thousands and millions of dollars. Sure. Cash is king. Puts a horse called Riding with Biden, and it comes in dead last. The winner of that horse race. And this is just a quick part right here. Is Art Collector. So Art Collector. You know, there's there's been a statement that goes on over and over. Some have not appreciated it. It's enjoy the show. So Art Collector is a show you enjoy. And, and, and uh, you know, that's what an art collection is for. You go there, okay, like, um, and, but what cracked me up is I had to look at uh, not his sire, but the damn, the, the mom of art collector in the horse, in the horse uh, field there. Uh, name of the dam is Distorted Humor. So, oh, really? <laughs> oh, so it's it's Distorted Humor, uh, art collector, like, that's why they enjoy the show. A lot of people say, I'm not enjoying this show. It's an exposure of evil. And, and so you kind of have to, it's a distorted humor. In order to enjoy the show, you have to have a little, I don't know, it could be anointed humor or whatever to watch how the enemy is being exposed in that kind of way. But there's a lot of suffering on the side. So it doesn't, uh, it doesn't go so great. So anyway, there was uh, somebody that wrote on the race. Um, this was a, a media report. I don't remember the outlet, but it says art collector paints masterpiece in Pegasus World Cup. So art wow. collector was the name of the horse that won and riding with Biden Constitution last place. I'm just saying those are some comms from God. Comms is communication, little little things. And and I don't really even have to interpret it. I'm not making it up as people say, oh, how did you get that from that? I'm pretty sure this one is. Pretty obvious. I can tell by all the comments that were uh, reporting on this that there was, it, it didn't take that much interpretation to understand. Did you by any chance uh, get anything on the jockey that wrote it? Because uh, I had, I happened, if I don't want to take it away from you if you're going to say something on that. No, you know what? I just did the light main characters. I don't think I even know the who The reason I, I was just watching the horse, you know, I don't, I never. Turn, turned to horse racing and said, I'm going to watch this for an hour. But I, it was, there was nothing on and I was working on my computer. So they did this interview of this jockey and it was his farewell ride. He'd been doing this for 30 years. They showed him as a young jockey. This was his final ride. And he, everyone had been asking him to ride their horse. So he had done a bunch of them the same day, but this was his final ride. And he said to the speaker, they said, well, what do you think about the ride today? He goes, I don't know. I just feel good. I've got nothing to prove. I've done it all. And I thought that just felt prophetic. I got nothing to prove. I'm just going to ride this thing. And he ends up riding the winning horse, which was not the favorite to win. Right. So I just but, thought it was pretty amazing. No, I think that is, that is interesting. There's so much there as you, as you look into these things, um, there is so much, again, we'll say God comes things that he is saying. And, and to the degree you go into it deeper and look at the numbers of everything, there's probably more revelation. And again, don't think of that as weird as people like, well, I just read the Bible. Well, the Bible is the one that says he speaks in everything. Yeah, and signs in the heaven, uh, on, in heavens above and the earth beneath, right? So the heavens declare the glory of God and a, his creation itself reveals that the invisible things of God are made obvious from the, the creation itself. So we're without excuse. He, he chastised the people even in his days like, you know how to read the signs of everything, but you can't tell what's going on in the spirit. So, you know, this this whole thing of understanding that his there's a sewing in, a weaving in of his communication all over the place. And whatever anybody's specialty, whether they're they're gazing at stars 
like the shepherds were, whether whatever they're looking at, he has a way to get a message across to people. And he'll do some things. They're hidden, but like this one, riding with Biden, dead last, um, and and owned by Cassius King, is uh, is is not so hard to figure that one out. Um, so Cassius King again, the corruption. You're bought off. You've been paid for, um, and and that message, it's God's calm. God calms anyway. So we have you know the football games. We've been telling some on that and so i was very interested in the football games that were uh finished yesterday for those yeah. who don't know we we had uh, the two scores that left as finalists kansas city chiefs and the philadelphia eagles will now play in two weeks in the super bowl and they're the numbers we were following even how we got to that number 65 not to restate it for those who want to hear about the number 65 and how it connected to psalm 60 65 it was the score of philadelphia their total put my hand over here Philadelphia's total and Kansas City's total came to 65 a week ago. And so I noted that in my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are the two teams are going to win. And that was my little clue there. Wow. And, so so you get clues from one win about what the next win will be. That's interesting. That's that's its own little, it's like a prophetic within a prophetic, isn't it? Well, well it is. And so, um, the uh, the scores are are um, every, everybody knows. Them. I had them just written the scores right in front of me, so I wouldn't have to overthink this or get them get them wrong. Uh, thirty one to seven. I know Philadelphia won their game thirty one to seven, and then it was twenty three twenty. Kansas City beat uh, Cincinnati, and um, oh my goodness, the God comms that are that are in these two. I really enjoyed it. I was just laughing and and it was a field goal. I only saw the the Kansas city and and, uh, the Bengals, you know, I didn't see the other one. So, but I was, uh, yeah, that was amazing. And then if you get the follow-up of what's going on the last three or four years in these games, you're like, Oh my goodness, this is just really uh, incredible how God's uh, speaking these things for, you know, for instance, we go back, is it three Super Bowls ago? Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, um, they win the Super Bowl. And there's all kinds of comms there. We won't go. But basically, the last significant step is, uh, I think it was a linebacker for the Bucks. Number 45 intercepts the ball in the end zone. So for those who understand, that's part of the comms that are understood is Trump is called number 45 as well as the 45th president as well. So 45 intercepts in the end zone, game over. And there was a reason why the other team represented. Again, we won't take a lot of time. And then two, uh, last year, um, the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, defeated these same Cincinnati Bengals who were trying to go to the finals again. And, uh, you know, the game ended with number 99, Aaron Donald, uh, sacking Joe, <laughs> oh, man. Joe uh, Burrow, Joe B., of the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's why I had my heading even for a year ago. Uh, you know, Donald sacks Joe, game is over. So you have back-to-back games, Super Bowl games, where it's a number 45 or um, it's even more obvious. You know, one of them, number 45, 45 is a calm for Trump. But then there's a, a man named Donald. And then we had for the whole year, he's Aaron Donald. And then we had Aaron Judge, who is you know MVP of baseball. And then you have Aaron Rodgers, MVP of football. And so we had this. It was a couple other Aarons. Aaron means going from dark to light. That's part of what I've been sharing is. 
there is a misreading of the times by some thinking we're going darker, but it's really the exposure. We're going from dark to light. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. How you go from dark to light is recognizing the darkness you hadn't seen before. But anyway, there is this, this, this Super Bowl track that we're going on. And then yesterday, it was a 45-yard field goal with eight seconds left um, by the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, it was great. The, uh, the field goal kicker, his name is Harrison Butker. And he's a number seven. He points to heaven when he's done. And I looked him up and could tell he's a believer. When he was getting uh, married a few years ago on his Twitter, he was, you know, it's quoting scripture and, wow. and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and on his Twitter is whatever they call it, his handle or whatever is, uh, and, and nobody be af- offended by this. If you're too religious, close your ears just for the next two seconds. But his, his nickname is butt kicker. Everybody calls him. <laughs> I heard that the first time and I thought, uh, I know he's not, he's not going to say anything about that, but I heard it. So. <laughs> <laughs> when I said just his last name, Butker, yeah. but his, his nickname is butt kicker. So he's on there giving praise to God and putting scriptures, <laughs> but his, he goes by, Butt kicker number seven. Uh, it's his Twitter is butt kicker with Gee, seven. That's funny. So he's number seven, and he points to having the seven is is all this. It's a God com as well. That's a number for God, and it's been throughout all the things we've been sharing in the last several times. So he comes in, and and so again, Joe Burrow as a as a person is probably a wonderful person, uh, and he's a great quarterback. But Joe B are his his name and initials, and he keeps keeps signifying. Um, in these recent times, the, kind of the prop position that he's playing is representative of, of Joe Biden. So you have a 45-yard field goal with uh, three seconds and kicked by by butt kicker number seven. That was hilarious. <laughs> and the reason we got there is because Pat Mahomes, um, who had 45 touchdowns and is going to win the MVP of the year, seemingly for the for the football, he's the best player, best quarterback. In football, uh, maybe some argue there's two or three other uh, names, but anyway, he is he's you know it's his third Super Bowl in four years, I believe, which is just unprecedented. He's still a young man, so Patrick Mahomes he did a, a run, ran out of bounds, he got uh, you know pushed illegally, so the 15 yard penalty and all, all all that. But his his um, his stats for the year is he has 45 total touchdowns, for you know it's 41 passing, I think four running his qbr rating was the top in the league and it's 77 um and so we have the sevens going there so here's a guy that represents something and we're going to get into his name just just a little bit i want i want to do too many you can i know some of you're going to send me there's more you missed i I missed there's many many more but we're trying to allow people to follow us with some of the main ones the ones that are mainly uh repeating we'll say god god comes and it's him speaking again i'm not i'm not trying to make this thing I can't make. I, well, I, can, I want to make sure you don't. We we you went by this place pretty fast. I make sure people get it when when uh, it was uh, when Mahone. Who was the one that was pushed from behind? Was Mahone. So he was illegally pushed, and that cost them fifteen yards. Fifteen yards won them the game because of that illegal kind of a dirty thing. Because he was already out of bounds, and they pushed him again. And he fell hard. 
and that brought him to the 45. I was asking about it just off the air. That's what made it a 45-yard field that's goal. That's what made it. It was, it, was this, it was this dirty pool kind of a thing. Oh, that's, you know? hey, that's a good – yes. A foul made it uh, – Yeah, that. it, it made it winnable. They couldn't have kicked it much much further than that. They could have a yeah. little bit further, but not 15 yards further probably. So – and there's this other thing that's taking place where that score was 23-20, to 20, which was – so Kansas City Chiefs, back to everybody, Kansas City Chiefs won 23, Cincinnati Bengals 20. Exact same score from the Super Bowl a year ago where the Rams won 23 to 20. So Joe B loses in back-to-back. Well, this time it wasn't a Super Bowl, but it was a game for those this year for one going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it's the exact same 23. The winning score is 23. We've been talking about um, Psalm 23, and hopefully we have some time just to hit one verse there today because I was saying there's so much you can't really talk about it all in one, in one shot. But the 23-20, there seems to be this, uh, uh, and somebody else um, noted, because, again, we have, I have people that uh, I have some level of friendship with on Facebook, and they're looking to find these comms as well. They pointed out to me, I haven't double-checked it yet, that the first game of the year, for the Cincinnati Bengals, who had just won 10 in a row now, but the first game of the year, they lost 23 to 20 on a 40 after a 45 yard drive. This is 45 number and them losing. And so I'm wondering if the comms from God is are that the 20 because it's 23 to 20 that in 23, I'm thinking this is what's happening in 23 is when the Joe Biden gets pulled uh, from the picture. Uh, officially and, and oh, more than okay that, i see where you're going with that in other words 23 it's trump's 20 if you could put it that way they they stole it from him in 20 you're saying you think it might be pointing to you're not declaring it as a fact you're saying it might be pointing to or maybe you are declaring it as a fact that no because this is this is part of what i do on this type of thing there's sometimes i hear from the lord clearly but the rest of the time is just it's extracting the truth there and there's a progress progressive reveal of it but he may have been telling us even last year at the super bowl when it was 23 20 and joe gets sacked that joe wow. was actually get sacked in 23 that's crazy as in there's a repeat the first yeah, game of the season crazy. and their last game of the season so you have the three big important games for cincinnati where joe b loses 23 20 there's three games they've lost 23 to 20 with joe b there in big games and i'm like Okay, I'm thinking you're saying all along, and those are the things we didn't figure out from the comms from God, from his communications, is that the, the, the illegitimacy of Joe would finally end in 23. So, yeah, I am saying more that that's what I'm reading, what God is saying, and, and uh, rather than that God directly spoke to me. Because there's sometimes he directly speaks, but sometimes he says, study into this. Okay, that's research. good. Just like he sends us to the Bible to research things and things, this is sort of that. So, it's and a just, quick reminder: you already said this once. Let me say it one more time: there's this; these comms are nothing against the actual player Joe B. He's great. This was not. This is a prophetic picture. Teams, yeah. yeah, it's oh. just it's painting a picture. Exactly, and so, um, but we do note right up front. So we're going to hit some of the fact that they're the Eagles in Philadelphia. That's not hard to figure out why they should be winning. So Philadelphia uh, means brotherly love. And so there's this emphasis of brotherly love. And and so um, the Eagles, the prophetic, and, and there's a, a big, uh, it's just something super fun here in a moment regarding regarding that. So the Philadelphia Eagles, um, 
really had the best year of any team if they hadn't had their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, um, injured for a few games. Um, that, you know, they were going to just lose maybe one game all, all year even. So with him back in the lineup, they've become super dangerous again. So that's a good calm that Philadelphia, as opposed will say New York Giants. And not to knock anybody, if you're from New York, you should be a fan of the Giants. Yeah. But, um, uh, but you can understand that in symbolism that Eagles are better than Giants. The Giants are what we're wanting to, um, what we're wanting to defeat, we'll say. So, and the other team are the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs, even the scripture, uh, it's funny because when I wrote my book, The End of the World, we know it a couple of years ago, when it came out in 2020, it was right after the Super Bowl. And that was, that was the year that the Kansas City Chiefs won. And that was their first Super Bowl win in 50 years. And it was highly historic for all kinds of reasons. And there had been this prophetic word from Bob Jones that the year, the next time the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, it would it would mean a big shift had taken place. True apostolic come forth. There's different ways people have have read it. So we have seen that that really is. It's, and when it's, was the first, by the way, when was the first year that they won in 50 years? Which year was that? 2020. 2020. Okay, good. By the way, real quick, I forgot to mention this. I'm supposed to mention. We're going to put on the screen johnnyenounfiltered.com, uh, where this is where you put your questions for Johnny. That we won't get, get the questions today, but we'll put it on the list, which I have in my hand more questions for him, but uh, not enough are writing questions because we're starting to run out. So go to Johnny Enno anytime, right now or after the show, anytime. So, okay. And in this book, I pointed out after the Kansas City Chiefs that this was drawing attention, even Isaiah 2-2 in the last days, if you look at the NASB, there's different versions of the Bible, but the NASB said in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted as chief of the mountains. Oh, good. So I had made a connection that even President Trump's title is commander in chief. And if you've heard some of the, I'll say the ideas behind devolution and and you know things you will have heard from Derek Johnson as well is that the position he's never lost is commander in chief and this just might be a calm from the lord saying confirming if you needed to hear it other than from those who are saying it for other reasons based on his executive orders and whatever um that the commander in chief in the last days of mountain of the house of the lord be exalted as chief of the mountains but also that it's referring to him so i had pointed out in this book uh, it's now 3 years ago that um, there was a reference from the Kansas City Chiefs. And so them being uh, and winning the Super Bowl was a big deal. So that that team is repeating again now is is significant to me. So and that the Lord is pointing out like three different scores of 23-20. And it was, it was like what that was about. And all three of those 23-20s is about a Joe getting sacked or intercepted or in some way losing um, by something to do with a Donald or a f- number 45, you know, at some point you go, and probably he goes, hello there. Yeah, <laughs> at some point, you go, there are so many, co- after so many coincidences, it's not a coincidence anymore. It's just like, it's like what are the odds? Like, yeah. what are the odds? How could Crazy. that possibly be? But this, it, Steve, this really, really amazed me um, from, from yesterday is, you know, the quarterback of, of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is Jalen Hurts. He played initially for um, Alabama Crimson Tide, and then um, did he go to what was it? What was he? He transferred for his last year. Was it Ohio State? Anyway, whatever it was, he was a great quarterback. It was uh, um, and, and uh, but they didn't 
they didn't really think they, uh, you know, Philadelphia was not convinced that he was to be their quarterback. They had, they signed, they had just signed somebody else to a huge contract for four years when they drafted him. And so the fans were not happy that Jalen Hurts was, was drafted. Like, why do we do that? He doesn't even know how to run a pro style offense. And, um, and so, um, but Jalen Hurts after the game, he said, my, my, the, my, Favorite scripture wasn't just for now. His favorite biblical scripture is uh, John 13, 7. And I was like, John 13, 7. And he told about it. And when you just read it isolated out of the story, you're like, I have, you would think you had never heard of this verse. Um, and it's so appropriate for us right now. It's just major revelation. Again, all these quarterbacks back to this thing of Pat Mahomes is, is a, is a believer. I was telling you, the kicker is a is a believer. Jalen Hurts is a believer. One of the great stories, if he had been able to to win, is San Francisco 49ers who lost. One of the reasons they lost is all of their quarterbacks got injured, and the guy that was starting, Brock Purdy, um, he was the last player picked in the draft. He's a rookie, first year, and he won seven consecutive games and came out of nowhere. But on what whatever fifth, sixth place play of the game he got injured and so um and then the next quarterback got injured so really san francisco just didn't have any quarterbacks left but brack purdy um i have it somewhere he's he is a believer and he's made these statements uh my identity is in jesus so you now you're to, gonna you don't you're not gonna forget to read that scripture are you Can no you, no okay well so i'm just saying all these quarterbacks are are i'm finding out all these quarterbacks are leading to the lord and telling testimonial wow. stuff Wow, it's it's how the Lord is orchestrating things. You know, in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted in the tops of the mountains. He's getting his messaging out. Back to this thing. If you won't get my messaging out, the rocks will cry out. And in the rocks crying out, it happens in all kinds of ways. And there's this just echo uh, that's coming from um, all over the place that's confirming. But here's the scripture. Jesus, this is John 13, 7. Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Wow. that And that was this guy's favorite Jaylen scripture. Hurts, quarterback of the I don't think I've ever heard anyone claim that as their favorite scripture. It's like. Just leave that up for a moment because it is so what we're going through right now. It's so Jesus answered. And who's he talking to? He's talking to Peter. It's almost better not knowing the context. I'm going to make you look it up if you want to find the context because the con context, you go, oh. But it's still a standalone truth. Yeah. Jesus answered and said to Peter, you know, his close buddy disciple there, what I am doing now, you do not understand now. What I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. So there's a plan. Forget about what the Patriots plan or the military plan. There's a God plan going on right now. <laughs> this really is applicable to all of us. What I am doing now, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. The quarterback was saying he's applying this to the Philadelphia fans. When he was drafted, they did not understand why he was being drafted because they already had a star quarterback. He was signed for four years, but he then the next year, that star quarterback just did not perform. And then they are now, they love Jalen Hurts now in Philadelphia. They're like, they understand now. They did not understand why he was why he was drafted but wow. it's applicable way beyond that and i just like that the echo for us for those who's like i do not know what's going on jesus is telling us what i'm doing now 
you do not understand. Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you understand partially, but you will know after this. And I believe this is going to be uh, what what bears out is just a massive truth blaring and glaring before us. There are things, you know, there's the details of all kinds of things. I, I asked the Lord for more details and we try to give it. And there's like, there's no more detail. There's like, I'm not giving you details. I'm telling you certain things. The world will be known as before Trump and after Trump. I put them in. I put them in as a Cyrus. And besides that, how it happens, when, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, the exact dates of uh, who's in what seat and not what seat. I'm not really telling you. Yeah. And so and so there are points, you know, you're just like, I'm not understanding what exactly is going on. It's like it's a, you will understand the things you don't understand. Now, I think that's just a word for us. Even the more I say it, I'm just feeling my spirit just pick yeah. up on that. In fact, the yeah. first time I heard when I heard that and, and I read that was it yesterday or even this morning when I read it, I think is when it was that Jalen Hurt said this was his favorite Bible verse. Wow. And I'm like. I have never heard that even quoted as a verse. No, no. And I'm like, so this is a guy, quarter, but it's appropriate. He quarterbacks the Eagles, you know. Well, prophetic. yeah, wasn't that a wise and prophetic and, and you know, keen sight, in this case, insight, for him to even pick that scripture as a favorite scripture shows what kind of a depth he has inside of him. Wow. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about just two, I'm going to enjoy at this point, I'm going to enjoy the Super Bowl knowing God's going to have some more communications for us. And I'm like, it's a win-win situation. You can pick your your fate. I'll probably lean towards one team or another, but I, I'm going to thoroughly enjoy it because I'm happy for both teams being there. And I can easily see a message um, uh, from either team winning. And I think the primary message is the fact that they're the two that are that are there at the top. So a couple more things um, uh, from there. Yeah, I mentioned already the 49ers quarterback that was not able to play most again because he's injured uh, he was the last pick in the draft uh, he had seven wins a row and he's you know his what his coach literally said because people says like he's gonna there's no way you can keep winning as a rookie quarterback it's the toughest position there like at some point and he wasn't even highly rated he's the last pick of the draft and so um, at some point this is going to catch up with him and his coach had said i have never at any position, had a quarterback that was more poised. And so people, his poise, his poise, 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 poise. Are they talking about his uh, poise under pressure? What did they What do they mean? Poise, yeah, under pressure. Uh, uh, it's just a pressure-packed position to, to, to be in, in that. So there had to be he, – he's the fourth-string quarterback. Three quarterbacks had to get injured before he's Gee, even – man. Know, scout team even to play. And so – his story is done now, but he won seven in a row. And then the key to it all came out. He, and there's like, what's your poise from? He said, well, my identity is in Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> I'm just like, that is coming out. I'm just, I'm just loving this. So, okay, let's go. Patrick Mahomes. So we're back to, you know, he, the name Patrick means uh, we cover, I covered this in the book, I believe as well. It means nobleman. Uh, it means patrician. It also can mean as father in the sense of nobility, a father in a noble sense. Um, and you get it because it comes from a Latin word. The Latin word for father is pater, P-A-T-E-R. The Latin word for Patrick is patricius, patricius. So 
they're in the same thing. So you have Philadelphia is about brotherly love and you have Kansas City representing fatherly love because he has who's leading it is Patrick, the patrician, the father uh, representation. So whether it's, uh, you know, brotherly love or love this way, that's why we got a cross thing going for uh, for the Super Bowl final. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And there may be a message in that what he's emphasizing uh, right now for us, if he's going to be emphasizing more brotherly love or love, you know, that's those are two commandments. Love the Lord with all your heart is the first. Love your neighbor as yourself, but your brother would be ahead of that. So again, the messaging from God for us right now, I'm just, I'm just loving. So yeah. um, let me make sure I didn't miss any uh, of the, oh, I mentioned about Donald, uh, the part that com- being commander in chief. And if you look, one of the places I looked up definition of Donald was chief ruler. So you have the Kansas City Chiefs and you keep having the 45s win and the Donald, you know, y'all put all yeah. this stuff, uh, uh, together. So we're almost done. Oh, here's what's so fun about that. His favorite scripture being John 13, 7. So the score was 31 to 7. So it's the unscrambling, even it's the exact, it's the three very name numbers, 317, yeah. but just scrambled in a different way. And the Lord's saying, there's some things I'm doing right now you don't understand, but you will. And I, I want to say that one more time. That's a message for all of you who are getting tired. This is going on too long. This is no longer fun. I'm not enjoying the show, whatever else it is. Listen, his his disciple who walks with him for three and a half years trying to understand what's going on. He's like, there's some things I'm doing. You don't understand. I get it. I'm not telling you. I'm not going to make you understand right now, but you will. You will understand. So I, I just want to uh, give that to us as well. All right. We're almost done with the... Um, uh, the messaging from God as it relates to the sports. I think, I think that that did it. I think we went through that faster. And I, cause I was trying not to put so much uh, that it can't be followed and trying to repeat the same points over and over um, so that it, it, it registers. And some of you might have to listen to it again to get it. It's super fun to get it. And you can dig in, in some more. Once yeah. you, there is something, but once you know, he's speaking through something, there is value in going deeper. And it's like, let me see what else he's trying to tell me here. And he'll often just save some things just for you because it's just for you and where you're at, what your challenge is, what your battle is as, as you're, as you're moving forward. So, and what we're going to do, I don't know if we announced it at the beginning, um, uh, Steve, but we want to do, uh, we're going to pray. I'm going to blow the show far. Yeah, we didn't mention, but we, um, yeah, we, I think I might've mentioned it last week, but, about the vax, um, because people can let me just enter that for a little bit for a second here, yes. then. Um, uh, because I had asked you about that because uh, I know you of all people have been severely instructed by the Lord not to scare his people, and so you live by that. But even when we had when we talked about the vax, I don't remember what all we said, but some people inadvertently got scared and they said, Johnny wasn't supposed to scare us, and I'm scared. And so I, you and I talked about that, and you said, "Oh, I'm going to just teach on that some more and and blow the show far." Then, so uh, that was the context. So, yeah. So, and with that, so let me just add on that. Um, see, there's part of there's we're trying not to scare you, but I'm kind of torn. And yeah. We're torn between telling you enough so that you never take one again. Yeah. 
problem is not all in the past. We're not just talking about a past. It's absolutely stunning, incredible, and unbelievable that we still have recommendations that they're still on commercials yeah. uh, um, and, and that they're still telling you how you can get your children that are five years and under backs and, and all these things. And with, with the, you know, there's 19,000 doctors who just came out with a statement on frontline doctors that there should be an immediate, um, not just investigation, but an immediate charge of fraud and including endangering humanity to all those involved, starting from Fauci on down, everyone involved in the vaccination push in the lies. Absolutely. And so we're not talking about nine doctors. We're not talking about 90 doctors. We're not talking about 900 doctors. 19,000, I'm not sure if it's 17 or 19,000 doctors. That is a lot. You'll say, and, and there's people, Johnny, and I, uh, this may be slightly off kilter with what you're saying, but right there are such a huge number of people that don't yet realize that was never, ever an approved vaccination by the FDA. That is not an approved drug. It was an experimental drug. It was always an exper- experimental drug. It was never an approved FDA vaccinations it was approved to be used experimentally i don't know what if you have anything more on that well i just like i don't trust the fda either so i wouldn't even know that part but the whole thing was a scam the whole thing was a mess and so because it's not dead we you know i don't want i'm not going to go into it but we just like do your research do not get the vaccination do not get that one whatever else other one you know every vaccination has to be taken on a case-by-case basis but there's an understanding that the deep state is using and has planned on using for decades, has planned on using it yeah. as a and, depopulation. And I can say this because we're, <laughs> we're getting stronger now in the way we express it than we were even back then because too many people are dropping and it doesn't seem to be a coincidence. But with what I've seen and because every time they come out with an updated vaccine or, or this year's flu vaccine, did they tell you, did they ask you what they could put in this year's flu vaccine that wasn't in last year's flu vaccine? Did they tell you what they're adding to it? And, I, and people have just have decided that since the FDA approved it, they must have our best needs at heart. They do not have your needs, not even your best needs. They don't want many of you to live. I'm sorry, but they're, that, they're deep state. And I'm not, a, someone can sue me for saying it, but they, they do not want many of you to live. This is an intentional attack on our, on our lives. Okay, I'm said it now. Sorry, but and it it doesn't mean that every person that works at these agencies, right. these governmental agencies, right, uh, ha, are also will say evil. But at the very top, what is yeah. running it is a coordinated. They interact. It's it's the same people that work with Biden, same people that provide the money, and 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 for all kinds of distractions, distortions, and central bank messes that go on. You know, we've talked about those before. We're not doing that now. But so that's why it's hard. Don't want to scare you, but you have you have to have enough sense to not just well. I wonder if maybe I should take it. Um, yeah. Because we don't right. want to say we don't want our message just to be I told you so. But I did say, and some have remembered about it back a year, whenever it was, maybe more of a year. Time flies. <clears throat> is that God was going to make provi- at the time? It didn't even register with people that big of a deal because there wasn't the consequences behind. It. But we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Uh, interesting, Steve, I meant to tell you, this is something for, um, it just kind of sh- shocked me. 
there's some health magazine bulletin um, that was, it had an article and it, the title of it was the unvaccinated should have told us. Can you believe this, uh, Steve? There now, there's a blaming of the, the unvaccinated knew the vaccines were dangerous. Why didn't they tell us? Well, not only did they tell us, but they're by the, there's, then there's two answers. Not only have they been trying and trying and trying to tell you, but Twitter and the big ones have, have, have deleted it when they tried, but then they would, then I would see people write to each other on Facebook and in messengers and their posts and, we were made fun of by the people we were trying to help. I, I'm sorry. I have, just I, have family, I have family that was banned for life from Facebook. For yeah. trying to, I couldn't put it directly on Facebook. We had to come up with creative words. We jab or we do this or we. Yes. We, and it's why we had to do this. We're knocked off. We couldn't do the Facebook, YouTube anymore and say these things. That's why it's called Johnny Unknown Filtered. I couldn't yeah. talk about and and I'm not the only one. There is it is understood that over 500,000 conservative voices that tried to warn about the vaccine were censored from all platforms. Again, fortunately, right now Twitter is no longer part of that. And so there's that's the break. And then you have True Social and other things doing it. But it's a ridiculous concept that. Um, but it's crazy that that's starting yeah. to come out now. The unvaccinated should have told us. Um, so, but I had said. When I had said a year or two years ago, whenever it was, I said, the Lord shown there will be healing. I, I was telling them, don't do it, but he, there will be healing. And so there's some said, I haven't been healed. And you said there would be healing. And I was like, well, it's not automatic. It's just like there's healing in the blood. It's just like the yeah. Passover lamb, the blood was made there, but you had to go apply the Passover lamb to the. That's a good, that's a good picture yeah. right there. So yeah. There's a difference between him making provision for it and then you applying it and making it happen so there's things that are it's still the just shall live by faith you have access to these things by faith not by because i made a, a statement did not mean like well you know there's just be like there's no consequence to anything we do if well whatever you do god's going to take care of it anyway no it means he, there's provision made for it and 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 so the the, the three steps are and i'll go ahead and say them now whether i blow the shofar at the end or whether i whether i do it now it's mainly one step. The one step is, you know, ask the Lord for forgiveness. If you are one who are fearful or have injuries from the vaccine and, and you're wanting to connect to the healing the Lord says he has for it, number one, you just want to ask forgiveness from the Lord for not asking him about what you're putting in your body in that kind of way. And particularly so, so much more so, if the reason you didn't was because you weren't going to believe these conspiracy theorists that are mm. saying vaccines are dangerous to the degree you carried that little bit of spirit and attitude, um, you want to tell the Lord you're sorry for that. And, and, and again, just be, just so you know, two years ago, all 90 percent of those who were called conspiracy theorists, if not higher, the reason the primary reason they were censored was because it was understood by those doing the censoring that they would tell on the vaccine. And it would stop their campaign of harming, injuring, yeah. it's not just killing. They understand there's a killing campaign that comes from it, but there's a, a, a shortening of life, um, a drastic shortening of life that they knew if their vaccines were released would take place. Again, there's some other good news. I'll throw out a bit of good news. I think as Dr. Peter McCullough said that fortunately, a lot of the batches, um, they didn't properly care for it and they didn't keep it cool enough for it to work. 
And so it doesn't mean, you know, if you if you got an actionable or a, a good, a, quote, good batch, then it there is damage that will have come into your body. But it doesn't mean if you had the vaccine, it automatically did. So it seems a- like the, those that had only one vaccine may have had a lot less problems than those who had boosters. Right. The boosters will progressively and what they essentially do is they harm your. Well, there's multiple things they do. And depending yeah. and again, there's multiple of these vaccines, but they, they have different ways they're intended to harm you. And um, one of them is they, they just block your immune system. There's some version of I don't want to tell you age, but, you know, there's an immune deficiency that your body acquires. So that's why and they felt that's part of their cover, because in the immune deficiency, you can die of all kinds of other things, you know, strokes, heart attacks, uh, cancers. All- cancers galore um, and and that sort of thing so again it's even hard for me to do this again because we're trying to get your faith up but we're 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 looking at it there's nothing wrong with looking at the enemy straight in the face with caleb would you know he didn't ignore the giants that were there he said they will be bred for us i'm telling you the giants yeah yeah the lord's saying it can be bred for you we have to um you have to go up so the first thing is just take care of that part is uh, just so there's no blockage lord to the degree i judged anybody for making a statement against the vaccine for any stand they were doing. I retract that. I say, I'm sorry, Lord, Lord, uh, I'm sorry for not checking in with you on something like that. Then, then, you know, you open the floodgates for the Lord to do what he has. So the way it was shown to me, number two was that it's like a wall of anti-immunity that will come down. When I blow the shofar, think of walls of Jericho. And, and so there's these walls and, you know, they blew the shofars and that's, the shout and the shofar blowing is what brought the walls down. So when okay. I do blow the shofar, think of these, these, there's these walls that are intended to keep you from having proper immunity. Mm. Like they've sewn this thing into your system mm. that blocks you from immunity. And so the things that would block immunity will be brought down and allow health uh, to go through you. It's something that can only happen supernaturally. And then as some of you are going to feel immediately, you're going to feel the, the power come in. And in the sign of his power coming in, you will be so strong, your knower will go off and say, oh, my goodness, I just got healed. And so take it and and go with that. But the rest of you that don't have that, the rest of you, it's like these instructions I got from the Holy Spirit. Take it by faith. Yeah. Believe hard. It's a choice, right? It's a choice. choice. I choose to believe that what? That I'm healed or what? How would you say? Yes. I, okay. I choose to believe that I'm healed. Okay. And even, you know, even if you have to say that over and over and That's over, good. you believe it hard the first time. And I'll give you another visual because some people say, well, once I did it again, isn't that doubt if I say it again or do it again? Now, I would do it every single day That's good. Uh, until there's full evidence. And think of it this way. We had this because we were on uh, down when we lived down in Peru, we would cut down trees and there would be some big trees and you hit it with an, we didn't have the chainsaws at first. Um, and so we hit it with an, an axe. So you're actually hitting it the way you're supposed to. You're hitting it as hard as you're supposed to, but you hit it one time and it doesn't go down. On smaller trees, it would. Smaller trees, you could just go right through it with an axe one time. But bigger trees, it might take a hundred, you know, boom. And then you're uppercut, down cut, uppercut, down cut, and you just go back and forth. Then all of a sudden, there comes a time where you hear the buckle. You hit it from the back and then pop. You hear a pop. You're like, it's coming down. You get timber. It's going to come down. 
it's about to come down. So take that approach. So that way you do every time you say it, you say it in faith. You're like, I don't know if this is the one that's going to do it, because that's truly how it is when you're cutting a tree down. Um, when it gets close, you're like, this may be the one. And, and then sometimes you have to do 20 more, but it's like, I'm getting close now. And then you hit it and you hear it buckle. So take this approach, war over your health, but don't have any, we don't want to, what you don't want is the devil's a legalist as well. He goes to the father and it's like, no, no, no. They spoke this on themselves. They have not done their part legally. And so you do your part legally say, if I spoke against my brother or sister or whoever, and that caused me to have healing bought, I eliminate that. And and um, can I add one thing right there? Because I want people to really key under the way you're saying to repent. You're not saying get on your face and sob and cry out for this horrible disobedience. You're saying, oh, wow, I was disobedient. I'm sorry for that, Lord. I did. It's that simple. It's a sincere. I'm sorry, Lord. Right. You're not agonizingly trying to get God to hear you because you're so, so, so sorry. Not at all. But I am okay. recognizing that all of you could be in a different in, in a different position, there could be some, and I totally get this, that you just innocently trust government. I, I, I used to, even when yeah. I thought I didn't trust government, I did trust it more than I should yeah. in, in hindsight. So you may have just thought, okay, well, they're saying, and you, you, have to, you, then you read the research from Pfizer and Moderna. They say this is okay. And you think you did due diligence and you didn't know. And, and so there's very little fault on your part. You were truly, deceived in that kind of that kind of way that's one thing and is it is just simple lord that's really light repentance but to the degree if you're on the other side and you actually fought because what they're finding out some of these dropping down right now even athletes and whatever they were people that were making statements on social media whoever doesn't take the vaccine should be jailed they should be and even worse, there was, uh, uh, you know, life sentence for for endangering society in this kind oh, of. They way. were talking about rounding them up and putting them in some sort of a holding camp. I've heard some of those. You know, there, there were some so, people that were there. If were you that. were in that camp, and then, uh, uh, and then you expect just, uh, uh, you know, well, you said I was going to be healed. You've got some business to do. Uh, I see. That was a little. That was a little more intense repentance, yeah. I guess. Yeah. If we are faithful to ask for forgiveness, to repent, he is faithful to forgive. So I, I think there's probably very few of you that are in that category, but you could be because I've had enough friends itself that I know of that thought of me as being a conspiracy theorist for casting doubts and aspersions on on, on the vaccine. So and and, you know. And, and all of it, yes, the enemy's been deceiving us, but just take care of the, that business first. And and so that's why it's good to talk about it yeah. uh, ahead of time. And I could just go ahead and, and get to the shofar blowing on that. And we have a little bit to talk about. What do you think, Steve? We can yeah. blow the shofar at the end. Or I have yeah, a let's little do it bit. now while you're while we're while everyone's keyed up for that and then whatever else you have. So we what we want to do is just I want to give you a second. Um, to do what I what I what I was asking of you, you all know what category you are. If it's light, just Lord, I'm sorry, I never asked you. Whether it's that or Lord, I did even raise my voice up against vessels of yours, servants of yours. I'm sorry, please forgive me. He forgives no matter what it is. There's yeah. there's not like unforgivable if it was worse. 
but it's just you need to recognize that from your end is part of you getting in the clear is part of the devil having all his uh, accusations being you know, blocked because he will accuse you before the father and say, you shouldn't give them that. They have not yet got clear of this. And, and <clears throat> that's biblical as well. We won't, we won't emphasize that right now. So go ahead and take care of that. And I'll just tell you again, I have uh, the shofar and it's never an ideal situation when I'm having to sit here and do it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it sounds powerful or not powerful or, or whatever. It's an obedience thing. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now, back to the show. But it's the sound of heaven that so often comes in. You see throughout the scripture, there was the Acts 2, and a sound of heaven came in. The Holy Spirit came in. But back to the point we're actually bringing up is the walls. Of, think of it as the walls of Jericho. There's something that was released into your body for those who got the sinister shot and it is working in a sinister way it's actually designed to block your immunity and so anti-immune diseases are supposed to pile up in your body in all kinds of ways so we're going to break that strong think of it as jericho walls that aren't allowing uh the promised land invaders from heaven to come in and bring freedom and that's what's going to go down when i blow the shofar so holy spirit i thank you for what you're going to do Thank you. We do this in obedience to you. This is all about you. It's for those who uh, lack understanding. The shofar is not the instrument of the healing. Jesus is the instrument of the healing. The Holy Spirit's might and power is what comes through, but it's the act of obedience and your agreement with it that allows this to be released into your body. Thank you for what you're going to do, Holy Spirit. Wow. Very powerful. In the name of Jesus, I speak the healing power of God, the healing power of Jesus into your bodies for anything it can cover. But we're speaking specifically to any damage brought on by the vaccination, by the vaccine, any damage that's brought to your body in the name of Jesus. Let that damage be reversed. Let even the systems that have been created to block immunity fall flat. Let those walls that blocked immunity in the body fall flat. And let the power of the word of God, of the instruction from the Holy Spirit, now hit its target. Come, Holy Spirit, release into every individual. Let it sweep through like a mighty rushing wind into every vein into every subatomic particle, every molecule, every blood particle. Uh, right now, open up, open up, open up, receive the power of the King of Kings and let every damage from hell be reversed now in the name of Jesus. So good, so good, Johnny. Thank you so much. I know a lot of people were, will be interested to hear reports from some of you that felt and others of you would be interested to hear and love to hear from you. You just say, I'm applying my faith. I now am choosing to believe like that because I tend to be one of those that doesn't feel. Now, sometimes I do, and I'm usually blown away because, you know, the, the hundred or so times I have felt something that was profound, 
or in the face of thousands and thousands of times people tried to help me feel something. So uh, I relate to those people who, who don't often feel. So don't feel like you have to feel, you know. No, you can be healed with no feeling uh, and, and you can be healed. You know, there's just no I've prayed for thousands and thousands of every kind of thing. And it's amazing how many people have been healed. Um, sometimes it's obvious the power is hitting them, but others it's like nothing happened. And then they call the next, well, depending on what it is. I've come back a year later. Somebody had been in four stage cancer. They said, you prayed for me a year ago. Nothing happened when you prayed, but I went to the doctor that week and he's like, it's gone. So <laughs> things can yeah. be gone. Things can just be gone without you knowing about it. And, and so believe, uh, believe for that. And yes, I, I, really, please send us your testimonies and, yeah. and of it because we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So retelling what he did, and then that releases faith. If we can begin to tell people um, about those who got healed and just understand this, the Holy Spirit's instructing this to me right now. If you got healed, if you get healed from hearing this, and that you are now an agent of healing, you can do this such as I have, give I thee. It's what Paul, I mean, Peter said, you know, they were looking for him for money. He's like, I don't have, but what I do have, I can give you. If you just got healing, you can now pass it on. And so you you look for opportunities to lay hands on someone else by faith. Or if you can't get to them, say it over the phone, something. But we do need a release of healers. And hopefully this is part of what God is doing. We know we're healing about, we're hearing, I'm hearing about those who are having uh, success. And in, in, in best we can tell is being healed from vaccination damage, vaccine damage and other things like that. But you can become one as well if you get healed you're to carry it as well all right all right steve i just one more verse and we might have depending on uh, what time you how much time you think we have i mean we we got uh, 20 minutes or so um and i've got questions if you if you run out but you know i don't know what you have so so i got i i want to hit one verse that i've talked about um what i brought up that i'm going to bring up from psalm 23 because the winning score that we're talking about is 23. Remember, even the Kansas City Chiefs, they won 23 to 20. That was the Super Bowl score a year ago. And I wrote up about that in the prophetic word related to it a year ago. And that's the word, not just me, but I found out so many prophetic voices. Part of it we could say is obvious. 2023, 20, Psalm 23. So Psalm 23 is to be a scripture that in, uh, encourages you all year. But I want to give special attention to verse 5. Um, it, very well known. We're, and again, for those who, who need to be refreshed on Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want that scripture. And then verse five, it goes, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So keep that up just for a moment as I go into it. This is David speaking. And this chapter is so profound because he starts out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he talks about him leading beside still waters and comforting him. And it becomes aware that develop that, that David has developed his relationship with the Lord uh, and has understood the Lord's ways with him as he cares for his sheep. That Because it's all conversation having to do with caring for, for sheep. But then there's this part, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And that word enemies I've shared um, before, and in Spanish it comes out 
y aderezas mesa delante de mí en presencia de mis angustiadores, literally, my anguishers. And, and it really works better for our purpose. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine anguishers. Wow. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And this is something, again, this is, this, this is a word from the Lord for us in 2023. But I want us to land it with some expanded understanding of how he had a table set before him in the presence of his enemies. And there's really four settings of his enemies or of his anguishers. There weren't his enemies, but they were his anguishers. And, and, and I'm going to tell, there's like the, the, the anguishers there. Uh, well, I'm just going to say in that setting, if you all understood, understood when he, like to understand where was this happening? Where do we, because we ne never like, when, when did this happen with David? When, when, when was a table set in the presence of his enemies or his anguishers? When did that happen? And what I'm telling you, that happened in 1 Samuel 16. And it's when David was not even invited to the crowning ceremony. Samuel had said, Jesse, one of your sons is the next king. Sanctify them all. Bring them all. And I'm going to find out which one the Lord is choosing. So they, in the sanctification process is ours. It's not a nothing. David is not even invited. And I've pointed out in my book and all that, he's not invited because he's illegitimate. He, there's even a rabbi believes he's possible a product of incest. So he's, you know, he's the, the redheaded stepchild, the bastard kid child. There's like, he's an embarrassment to Jesse. Jesse does not consider him his son. It came out of some sin thing. And it's probably an embarrassing sin thing because all you do is if you get someone pregnant in those days, you just marry him. But this was not even that. So he wasn't even incorporated like that. Well, I got her pregnant. I should marry. So it was either an incest thing or it's an embarrassing setup. Mm. And so he's, he's not even invited. He's out there. And, and so when Saul, I mean, when uh, Samuel goes through, you know, he anoints Eliab. Surely this is the one. He's tall. He's the eldest. Yeah, this is the Lord. The Lord said, no, man looks on the outside. I look on the inside. You're wrong. He goes through seven. And he goes through seven and none of them are it. And so Samuel, you know, then says to Jesse, Jesse, uh, we got a problem. The Lord said, one of your sons is the king. We just went through who you said, because he said, are these your seven? You're all your seven. Yeah, these are all my seven sons. And like the Lord says, they're none of them. So, um, you know, some explaining to do. What's what's the deal here? And then I say cold sweat for Jesse because it's like. He's like, oh, my goodness, he's in trouble. He may not have even told his wives. His you know, this may be a secret. It may be a family secret. They don't know. He's just considered he's the illegitimate. You know, it might have been a servant's uh, uh, child. And there's this whole embarrassing mm. uh, situation. And, and then but it hits him and he's processing super quick because he's in the presence of the prophet of God. And it's a serious kind of thing. And he's like, OK, I'm just going to, you know, Jesse's thinking, I'm just going to say, that's it. I don't know. You know, that's it. But if I say that's it, that's saying God's a liar and uh, he's going to be on to it. I could be dead in an instant. Mm. And so Jesse's processing this real quick. But he's like, if I say, yeah, he's there. Um, this is I'm going to get some serious heat from the family when this thing's over. But he, you know, he makes the wise choice and opts for life. And he says, there is one more. And there he is. They could literally see him. They had invited all the elders of Judea. 
the elders of uh, of Judea were there. If you read, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, wow! I thought it was a just a simple. Hi, uh, I'm Samuel. I'm showing up to to anoint. So no, they, it was they announced, sanctify him, bring. So this is an event, but it's supposed to be quiet. You're supposed wow. to keep it away from Saul. But this is a big deal. And if you don't invite the, if you don't invite your kid, it means he's not considered your kid. And not only that, when you're a family of resource, they came from Boaz, if you remember, only shepherds were always the servants. So David's considered a servant and he's illegitimate. Nobody really cares. He's that. And so, again, back to this, the power in in this one verse that takes place. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my anguishers. We understood even later on that his brothers, it tells us in Psalms that he was considered uh, he was an outcast that they, if you go to the actual language, he was called a bastard in his own household. So his brothers, they were never close. He never had his seven brothers part of any part of government later on. He was made fun of. He was mocked. You find out the next verse, he goes out taking the bread and cheese to the army. When they're facing Goliath, his old brother's like, what are you doing here? Who With whom have you left those few sheep? And so he's even being mocked because his brother's like, Samuel the prophet must have gone uh, you know, cuckoo a little bit to think you're going to be the king. You're not even a real son. And so, but anyway, uh, but all that, the setup is from God because Samuel says, Jesse, one of your sons. So God is saying that boy is one of your sons. So uh, he's called in. He doesn't even get sanctified first. There's no time for it. Samuel says, bring him in now. We will not do anything. And so he pours and he, that's how we know that's what it's talking about. He says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So it was like he is brought in and it's, and it's like, it, it's not what you think. Oh, well, we didn't think it was him because he's the youngest. He wasn't even the youngest. If you read in Second Chronicles, it says, now Jesse had eight sons and the seventh was David. So one of those that was already passed by was actually uh, uh, um, younger than David. Oh, wow. I didn't See what realize I'm saying? that. Yeah, I didn't know that. If you just follow the Bible itself, it says, now Samuel had, I mean, now uh, Jesse had eight sons and the seventh was David. So it's not because he was the youngest. It's because he's not accepted as a, as a child. So again, this is a word that's ministering to somebody out there as well. What's taking place, the enormity of what took place, the shock to the family, the potential embarrassment. He's called the elders of the city here. He's got all his family. He's got the wives. He's got everybody. And he's having to admit, I did mess with whoever his mom was. This is the child. And then they all have to, the after effects of the stunning move from God, where he says, this is the one who I've anointed to be king of Israel. And, and so that's powerful. But there is four levels. So I, I list quickly that there is you prepare a table before me in the presence of my anguishers. First anguishers is dad because his dad didn't recognize him or he would have been at the event. His second anguisher was his brothers. We see Eliab when he goes to the battlefields like who I know your arrogant heart. He called he called David arrogant and, and he's still bristling with the fact that he's been anointed king and not he. Uh, mm. not he Eliab. And then third is Saul himself. Because when he tells Saul, listen, I can take on this Philistine. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You understand the power of this in the spirit where this kid who may have been a product of incest, he's rejected. He can go to the battlefield look at the situation say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That's somebody who's 
done some dealing with father and he's like, the Lord is my shepherd. He's, he's gone deep with this pain and with this trouble. And, and he's, and he's come to that. And so as soon as he tells Saul, Saul says, no, you're not able, you're but a child. And he tries to put his armor on there on him. And so we have, and it wasn't just that that tells us that Saul was an anguisher. He tried to throw a javelin at him. We understand. And Saul literally tried to kill him multiple times after that as well, out of, out of jealousy. And then ultimately his fourth anguisher was Goliath himself. He's like, who are you? You come with me with sticks. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to feed you to the ears, to the birds of the air. So you prepare a table before me in the presence of my anguishers. And it could be family. It could be those who are supposed to believe in you. It could be your pastors and it could be the enemy as well. Nobody believed in David, not his dad, not his brothers, not his king, and not even the devil. But they learned to believe in him. They learned when he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose name you have defied. They learned that was that was a big deal. So I'm speaking something to somebody. Uh, there's a breakthrough available for you this year. And there's this scenario is going to be repeated in many kind of different ways. He's going to prepare a table before us. There's no there's no vengeance in 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 David. So it's not about I, I showed him. I proved him. Even when David's presenting his case before Saul, you say, now your servant, when he was watching the sheep, he did this in your servant. There was no, listen, I'm going to show you, you old wine skin, you know, whatever insult he could think of. He did. Yeah. He, did there, there, he didn't have an ax to grind, but he was even in with no ax to grind. Even his brother is like, is there not a cause? He's like, what's that about Eliab? There was no bristling or, or having the rejection complex. From all the things he's so this is not about uh, yeah I showed him kind of deal don't don't that's not how you get to this place but there is going to be a vindication from the Lord there is a where he is where where, where he is preparing a table in a very adverse adversarial context where you're having to stand and do the right thing he had to submit to he had under the nose of all that ridicule. He had to allow, without protest, he had to allow Samuel to declare he's king, to put the oil. He had to sit there, stand there, take it, and and not think of it as as uh, crazy himself. You know, he could have rejected that. Like he could have had such a low self esteem out yeah. of it all. Like no, that can't be. He had to just receive it and take it. So this is just one of the powerful things of Psalm twenty three. As I was telling you, every verse we covered one verse a couple few weeks ago. And I, I wanted us to be able to cover it, it here as just a powerful message from the Lord uh, for us to watch him do these things. That as you walk correctly before the Lord, you 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 don't stray. Because that's the one the one thing David didn't do. He didn't stray from the Lord. We see that in Psalms. He would, yeah, we would complain and like, why is it, why is, you know, why are these things happening to me? But you are the lifter of my hands, you are my hiding place. And so he learned that. And then the rest of it, there are the rewards of him just standing uh, in the relationship he had developed with the Lord and the Lord does this. But I, this there's something I'm hearing again from the Holy Spirit right now is this year, this is going to be repeated in many forms, in many ways where there is going to be those who have been oppressed by people. They should not have been oppressed. For some of you, it is going to be a pastor that 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 did this. And there is going to be a, there's a, a you know a proof of prosperity, 
and 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 not it is not about knocking uh pastors at all because uh, some of you boy i can feel uh, from the other side from pastors it's tough being a pastor so i'm not yeah. that's like kind yeah. of a word i just got there some of you have not outlived the fact that your pastor dissed you and disrespected you and you haven't got past that forgive him and and and, and whatever else and so you haven't been able to go go be because of that and he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies your cup runs over it's joy and then that's why david could close the thing whether we talk about it more another time, surely goodness, the loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. Like he just, once that happened, once this, he re, there, there was like, wow, he just set a table before my dad, my brothers, uh, my brothers on the battlefield, before Saul, before the devil himself. They all just learned something about me they didn't know. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And, and uh, he's like, I can tell, surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Didn't mean he didn't have any more struggles or trouble, but his declaration is, uh, his, his declaration was, surely I'm going to have battles the whole rest of my life, even though he did. It's, you know, my battles are going to turn to good. Surely, goodness and mercy, loving kindness is going to follow me all the days of my life. Anyway. So good. So good. Well, I have, we got time for one question. Uh, I, I'm going to blend two into one. One is mine and the other one is Melissa. I don't know Melissa, but, uh, you know, this, way, this word you just gave, I relate to it a lot because I was the one that nobody believed in. My father didn't believe in me. My mother didn't believe. My teachers didn't believe in me, you know, and. And okay, so that kind of comes into this question. That's that. Uh, let me ask Melissa's first. She says, "How do you suggest we handle people of faith, of the faith, who have lots of theology in their background, and that de- deny the existence of prophets?" Well, what, I want to add my part to this question. Forty-two years ago, I had an encounter with God, and immediately, I understood healing the first time it happened when I heard about words of knowledge. Wow, there's words of knowledge, and I gravitated for it couple years after that, someone said there's prophets. And I said, there's prophets today. And immediately in that moment, I knew my life would be changed forever and ever. I just, it just came to me easy. And I'm not saying this to somehow pat my, I'm just saying it came to me easy. And then there are people in my family that I thought I would affect. And this person is obviously trying to pick affect family and friends. And she's going, well, how, how do you do this when people don't even believe there's prophets? You know, and, and yet I could, you know, wax eloquently for a long time about how you could show them the scripture and they say it doesn't mean that, it doesn't say that, that was done. Okay, so what, what, anything you want to yeah. add to that? Well, I do think you rarely win them over with all the proper Bible and scriptures and all that. It's like, um, for whatever reason, it's just rare that they become convinced that way. Uh, a story, uh, a quick one comes to me. Um, I had taken a team of about 40 people to Peru, and we were ministering to about 700 pastors, multi-denominational prophetically. So the way it worked was we, um, our teams, we, we, every pastor was sent in for 15 minutes with a team of three or four. And, um, on, and I was, I didn't even, I wasn't one of in the teams because I just wanted to, I, I just had to moderate, navigate the pastors going yeah. in because I knew there was, Baptist, there was, it was, it wasn't just all charismatic. There's at least 50% were not charismatic pastors. And so a pastor on his way, 
and and he's just he's like I don't even think I believe in the prophetic. Why would I go in there? And he's I was like, why don't you just so we don't even have to argue about it? Just go. And they're going to pray for you. I said, well, here's how it's going to happen. They're just going to pray and they're going to tell you what they think God is saying. If you don't like calling it prophet, if you don't, I said, do you believe the scripture says my sheep know my voice? And he goes, because that is a scripture I'll give you right now. Say, do you believe the scripture says my sheep know my voice? Because that's all prophecy is if you really, really simplify it, if you want to win an argument on it. And he goes, yeah. I said, think of it that way. So he comes back 20 minutes later. And he's just all red face. Crying. Oh my goodness, really? And 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 he and I and I was like, "How did it go?" He's like, and one of the ones that had given him a word was um, my ten-year-old. I can't remember if my ten-year-old, eleven-year-old daughter. And he's like, he's like, it was unbelievable. He says, "But how can a ten-year-old be a prophet?" I go, "She's not a prophet. She's prophetic." She's, you know, she might be a prophet in training. I said, this is just my sheep hear my voice. This can happen. And he, and, and he's like, could I get more? So <laughs> he has, there's something yeah. about if I got into argument, it was not going to be winnable. There is, you can open them a little bit. Like, do you believe my sheep yeah. hear my voice? Know my voice and that it's possible. Do you believe you can be led by the Lord? That if you pray for, Lord, should I go to this house and he might speak, you know, should I buy this house that he could speak to? It's like this, you know, that that becomes one because sometimes you can't win it at the at the prophet prophetic and trying to make make that point. But if they experience it, it's where it really um, it really it really hits home. But, you know, part of what we're learning, I don't know, if this expand beyond it a little bit. There's part of even what the Lord's telling Elizabeth and I about following Jesus example of of Matthew chapter five, when he came to the earth, the first thing he says, blessed are you, the poor in spirit, means those who know their need and want more. There can be a real waste of time. If someone, there is, it becomes sometimes equivalent of casting your pearls before swine. What it's saying is pearls, swine don't appreciate. It's not about calling people swine. It's like swine don't appreciate pearls. And and so if they're not in a, or, or if you just look at it back to this other way, I'm going to say it is, if they're not hungry, that's why Jesus, who did he minister to? We're like, let's minister to people and target them the way Jesus did. He didn't go for all the hard cases. He didn't like the, he, he didn't even bother arguing with the Pharisees. You white walled sepulchers, stuff that John the Baptist would call them. He would just like, he knew they're so hardened in their imagination and in their hearts. It's like the hungry will come to him. And so he's going to, you know, we can waste a lot of time trying to, uh, whether it's even red pill or truth tell people who are just not hungry for it. Once you discern that you, you can just cause yourself a lot of frust- frustration. But having said that, if the Lord has you engage, he can give you some, some of the scriptures such as we did now. Well, hopefully that helps you. It helps a lot. You know, I have a brother that uh, you've met him, but he was very hardened yeah. towards that. And I would work with him and try to convince him and it never got anywhere, but he would, allow himself once in a while to go to one of the conferences, one thing. And over time he chipped away. I mean, he's never like has the appreciation for the prophetic that I do, but he's, he's not more pr- appreciative than he used to be. But I remember him the first time he walked in uh, to one of these meetings where the worship was going, he'd never seen that kind of thing. And he goes, why am I, cr- why do I feel like crying right now? <laughs> you know, and it was his experience. He experienced it. 
Exactly. You know, it's like Paul said, I didn't come with persuasive words, but in, with the power of the spirit, you know, so it's like God has to get you that way. I, I was lucky if I can put it that way or blessed that God got me that experience or I had that experience way early on. And I thought because it was so easy that it would be easy to have all the people that I uh, came in contact with experience it, but especially family is hard, right? If, if family is exactly. extra hard, you know, it's extra hard in, in, in family. It's absolutely the truth. Back to the story of David. You yeah. know, uh, there was familiarity there that just didn't allow them even to see who he was. Yeah. And we think even long-term they didn't because he had all these brothers that could have served him in positions and they weren't, he had his band of misfits from the caves from running from Saul. Those that's, that's his mighty men came out of that. You don't read any of his mighty men and there was, it ends up being thousands. You don't read about his brothers. ever. Yeah, coming that, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. Well, you know what? I feel like this word was uh, at least for me today because I identify with the whole thing. I'm thinking, is he preaching to me? Because that's the way it feels. And then that question that I was already prepared to ask you, I had before I heard all of this. So it was kind of. Well, actually, as I was speaking, I didn't want to say it because I want to make it personal. But I was like, the Lord kept like, Steve was a David. Steve was a David. Steve was a David. <laughs> and, and, and we so could even weird. follow it up even because just like I said with David, it wasn't just one level of it. There's his dad and his, fa- his brothers and then the king. There's even in the kingdom of God, even in our niche, um, there's things we know about, Steve, just even in our niche our, of the river of God, where there's, we'll say a little, anyway, if we call it disrespect or whatever, um, um, for who the Lord made you to be, that, uh, that you know, but what the Lord has done is many of those have now seen that the Lord has prepared a table. He's prepared a platform before you in the presence of your anguishers. Yeah, they're theoretically brothers and sisters in Christ, but there's some anguishers that have learned the Lord's with you and that he's prepared a table before you. To, and it's happened in front of you. Know, you know, I was, I've told this, I think I've told this publicly one place, but um, I, I, my father intentionally called me the black sheep of the family because there were six of us and I, and he wasn't complimenting me. And I looked totally different. My hair was thicker than everyone else. I had darker complexion and I didn't look like that. And so I just thought he was saying mean things to me or different things. When I grew older and had children, I began to hope that I would discover that I was a product of some like adopted and that nobody had told me I was adopted or as a product of uh, in some way. And so I hoped for that. Well, the problem was I could never prove it. And then I grew older and heavier. And all of a sudden, I began to look exactly like my father. That if you're looking at me right now, you're kind of looking at my dad. And so I, that's how bad I wanted to discover, like, David must have, if he knew that he was, well, he did. He says, in sin, my mother bore me or something like that, right? So that's another. So people wonder where else is that biblically? Because that's what we put in our, our book. In sin, I was conceived. And there's all kinds of weird doctrines that came out of it that said, you know, it, it, it was like, you know, they had lust. There's parents had lust. And so it was considered uh, uh, out of sin. He was conceived. And it's like, no, it was in sin. I was conceived. It was what we're talking about. It was something illegitimate. And you put all the two plus two plus two all together, all the scriptures from the Psalms and everything, it comes out clear that David was not just, uh, you know, he didn't, he did not have a special birth, birth, and he did not have a special upbringing. There was a lot of uh, 
challenge and a lot of rejection that he had to overcome. And it really was the key to him discovering the Superman inside us. Our book, Becoming a Superhero, was really that the torment of his uh, of his upbringing and him getting through that is what led him to discover this superhero inside the person that could say, with my God, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. One can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. And, and he actually did this stuff. It wasn't like just being excited in worship meeting and saying stuff. He did all these all these things because he, he found a way to over overcome the anguish of the reality of his circumstances, the the, the horrible rejection he had to grow up under. So, yeah, it's a great a great story. Yeah. Well, thanks for the word. Uh, even though, yeah, I mean, like, I'm just receiving it for me. But you, I know there's a lot of people out there, men and women, and some younger teens that are that have heard this and go, man, that sounds like Johnny was speaking to me. So let us know when that hits you today. Too. We'd love to hear about that. Johnny, thank you so much. I guess we've got your website there on the screens, Restore7.org. Is there any other announcement we didn't get in? I think we got off. You weren't here at the very beginning. We brought back up about the Rise Tour. So you can see the, the link there. there We're still right there. Yeah, we'd still, I've heard from um, some of you and some friends of mine from other states. We think we're probably going to uh, connect with you in the, in the future over, over that. And um, we're, we're still looking for, you know, the God-ordained place in every state. And that's what we want, want to recognize. We want to get the, the invitations uh, to what we're going to do. And it, it was going to take us over four years to do it. Um, we're going to do uh, one a month. And and so we're excited about that. And we just have uh, a few more. As we've told you, for the Israel trip, we were going to cap it out at, at 180. And and so we have, I think it was, it was something under 20 uh, last we knew. And then we uh, mentioned about if, if you want to be one that donates to, you know, some people we know we'd like to take and some, some particularly some uh, young people, and it's obviously expensive. And then we will uh, uh, target it towards them. And so, but all that's in the front part of the, uh, I'm just repeating again what we said at the beginning. And so the links for that are there. Good. Good. All right, Johnny, God bless you. Thank you again and again. Uh, Kim Robinson is on tomorrow. I believe she has a word for 2023. Of course, she has many visitations in heaven. And so it's probably the, a combination of those things. So don't miss that. I'll be with her tomorrow. We'll see you all later. Have a great rest of the day. See you on Tuesday. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.